Welcome, my friends, my football friends. Well, really, just my football friends. Who else would be listening to this? I am Ricardo Perez, back at the table. I am Jacob Bruner, back at the table as well. And we are the Americans who love the British game of footy. Cue the song. Okay, cue the song now. This season is really starting to fly by. We just finished match week number 27. There are only 11 games left. 33 possible points 33 points. (laughs) There's not that many games left, but there's still a lot of points up for grabs. And the title race is still as entertaining as ever. The Champions League race is really starting to burn a fire under all the butts of the teams wishing to be part of that luxurious competition. Some old, some new. Either way, all the clubs are starting to fight for it. Jacob, if you could pull the scores up for the weekend as to not make any mental uh, mistakes, I would love to be able to start at the beginning. All right. Well, if we take a look at the matches from this past weekend, we kicked it all off with Chelsea versus that's right. That's right. And, uh, well, that's always going to be a good matchup anytime these two clubs get together. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I would say this one was especially um, interesting going in because both of these clubs had, in the last month or two, really started um, to dip in form. Chelsea with their new young players, Tottenham with their new old manager. <laughs> um, and it, I was curious to see who would prevail in this one, especially considering that they are neck and neck almost, Tottenham and Chelsea. They're one um, place in the table away from each other. And I watched this one in bed at 7.30 a.m. And I have to say, Tottenham... To much to your pleasure, were shit, <laughs> and Chelsea just finally got the job done. And I'm gonna name three factors that I think result is why it resulted in the way right. it did. One, Giroud played for Chelsea. Two, Son and Kane are out, and then three, Tottenham don't. Hmm. They don't know what to do on the offensive. They have no one to play through. Especially without Son and Kane. I mean, geez, that is a tough position for them. Um, And it's kind of strange, but I think what we're seeing with their team um, may be just kind of the old, the same old energy problem they had under Pochettino to some degree. And they've had a tough season with injuries as well. So it could be another situation where the team is just kind of tired 
And I mean, they just sold Ericsson to Inter Milan. So Tottenham is in an interesting place right now, to say the least. Well, I that that's that's interesting because I want to ask you teams like Liverpool and Leicester, who don't really seem like they get that tired. Um, what what do you think? Uh, I mean, I th- I I I could imagine as a soccer player playing for years at the same club. I could see how things could become a little boring. But and just like any relationship, you know, it could go, you know, it could be less interesting as time goes on. But how do clubs keep their players interested and invested? I just have to wonder how. Um, well there's a lot of factors in that, but I guess kind of the classic response to that would probably be it all starts from the manager. I mean, looking at teams like Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal is starting to emerge as a team that's kind of got a manager at the helm of the ship. And, uh, you know, at Tottenham, Mourinho's at the head of the ship. <laughs> and it, at least in the public light, he's been kind of negative when speaking of the team and the situation. And... Uh, that's not going to rub off well on the players unless he's given them a different message in private, but you never know. Yeah, it it seems like Mourinho is usually a, a pretty uh, dramatic guy. I don't really see him laughing, joking around too much, you know. <laughs> but And like you and I, our, our biggest interest is music. True. And there are times where I like really don't want to do music. Um and but i know what really helps me is just the love the love i have for it right and i imagine these players have a love of the game for sure and i just wonder if tottenham it kind of just seems like work for them right now mm. and imagine you know i imagine ericsson and what he was feeling it doesn't seem like he was in love with the game in tottenham what is up with that club i don't know i mean are you just shit <laughs> I've I've never felt good about the club personally, but uh, we so we've kind of gone over this two-one Chelsea win over Tottenham a bit. Let's uh, run through some of the other scores from the clubs. We had Crystal Palace one-zero over Newcastle, who was red carded. That's big. Burnley over Bournemouth three to zero. Burnley. Burnley actually in the top 10 of the table right now. I, I think believe. they're maybe even the top eight. Like do not, I mean, Burnley and last year they're consistently playing at this level as well. You know, I, they are a team that I think, um, they really focus on their strength, which is literally just strength. <laughs> they're a very strong team. They're tough. They fight hard. They are fighting. And sure. they don't seem like a team that grabs headlines or is part of the drama. And I think they're kind of a Trojan horse. Right. They're going under the radar a little Definitely. bit somehow. Because this has been a crazy season for a lot of reasons. Uh, one of which to mention Sheffield United, newly promoted team, also in the top 10, maybe the top six. I, I don't know. They're I think up they're in there, sixth though. place yeah. right now. Well,. They drew Brighton one to one. Oh so man! So big game for Brighton, kind of. Yeah, But that's definitely. funny to say because uh, 
you know, Sheffield just got promoted right, Brighton's this year. a bit more of a veteran than Sheffield is. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Sheffield is tasting European competition. Do you think do you think they'll make uh either the Champions League or the Europa League? <sighs> Especially now with City being disqualified. If the ban goes through, then I I I guarantee we will see Sheffield in European competition. And definitely more likely Europa League, but I really think they have like a 60 Europa League foot forty percent chance of being the Champions League, and I, I think all of England is going to get behind them if they're in the <laughs> Champions League next season. Oh man, <laughs> that would just be the craziest thing ever. I mean, we are jumping around by me saying this, but so Liverpool, City, Leicester already have top three. City, let's say they're disqualified, so it's just Liverpool and Leicester who have the spot. So the next two spots currently are being held by Chelsea and Tottenham, but there is not really that much of a lead. Right. Chelsea, Tottenham, Sheffield, Wolves, Man United, Burnley, and Arsenal and Everton are all like five points from each other. With 33 points left in the season, that's not big. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at the standings earlier. If Arsenal wins again in their next match, then they could potentially jump uh, two or three spots. Yeah. They and could that's be pretty much, that's just how close together everything d- is. Definitely. Definitely. And I know who you'd want to see. Here's who I'd want to s- the four teams to go to Champions League and the one to Europa. I say, okay, given Liverpool and Leicester, if it's Sheffield, Arsenal, no. Oh, oh okay. If... Liverpool, Leicester, Wolves, Arsenal, Sheffield. I think that's the best of both worlds because I think Wolves, like Sheffield, I think they definitely deserve to go to Europe and more so go to the Champions League. Where Sheffield going to th- Wolves are already in the Europa League. If Sheffield goes to the Europa League in their first year in the Premier League, that's still a, that's huge, a huge accomplishment. Success, yeah. So Wolves going to the Champions League, maybe for the first time ever, huge. Arsenal making it to the Champions League for the first time in years, especially with the season. With the way that this specific season has gone, the worst season mm-hmm. in my entire time being alive. Oh man, uh, huge. <laughs> yeah, Sheffield Europa League, huge. Now, let's just sum up. If that goes through, the the four British teams in the Champions League would be Liverpool. All right. But Leicester? That's cool. Yeah, they're not often in there. Maybe once or twice. Uh, Wolves, first time possibly. Arsenal, first time in a of long course, time. I love that. <laughs> that would be an incredible Champions League next year. Would you basically have, do you have the same hopes? I mean, yeah, I, w- I would love to see that happen. Um I, I don't know if it will, but I will agree with your top four as a uh, top four that I'd like to see. Uh, you know, if Arsenal could get third instead of Wolves, that'd be cool. They're not far behind, you know. Um, well, it was in no specific order. <laughs> but I think we can't forget about Chelsea. They are ahead, um, and they're a pretty great team. So, you know, we have to keep in mind they probably will – 
stay in the Champions League spot. And if not that, then you'd have to imagine they'd at least get a Europa League spot. Oh, yeah. But the only reason why I didn't include them is because they've dropped an incredible amount of points after building up a a lead. Um, They're having trouble scoring. They're a young team. And I... But I will say they they're I mean, they're still in this fight and I think they're very much so still in it because as a young team, they know that the odds are against them and I think they've been feeding off of that this whole season. And from Chelsea, for a lot of these players, I believe that they definitely have a love for the game. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yes. Um just to recap on some of the other matches of the weekend, we had Southampton over Aston Villa two mil. Um Big story for Southampton this season, I have to say, from my perspective, is striker Danny Ings, just doing absolutely incredible, has 15 goals. That's only two behind the leading two. Yeah, one Southampton. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, you know, I was going to move on to the next one. So. Well, before you do, Southampton is one of those teams that, like Wolves, Watford, and Sheffield, for me, I, I love them. I love them for I, some reason. I find myself rooting for them. The Canaries, <laughs> right? They're the Canaries. Isn't okay. that Norwich? Uh, oi. Yeah, possibly. Because they have the little bird. What the hell is Southampton then? Oh, the Saints? Are they the yeah, Saints? Yeah, they're the Saints. Okay. Well, one of which of the leading strikers of goals in the league is Jamie Vardy. But, alas, he was unable to score against Manchester City, who they fell to 1-0. to That's right, Jacob. And you, you and I saw this one together. And I remember specifically we're on the couch getting cuddly <laughs> and we put the game on. It's about kickoff and you say in kind of a nervous way, I don't know. I just think City's just going to just take this one. Um, and you said that and I didn't let myself think <laughs> that because, you know, I'm team Lester. I wanted I'm, them to win well, myself. Well, I'm, I'm team anti-City and uh, I believe – when you said that, you probably imagined it being like just a typical city win. This is not a typical city win. And even so, in the first 10 minutes, Leicester came out to play. And I think they even had you convinced for a minute there. <laughs> they would have had me convinced had Jamie Vardy found the back of the net in the eighth minute when he struck a breakaway shot off the post. I know. It and was that bouncing. ended up making the difference, really, yes. in the match. Everything would have been different had he finished that. And it was one of those things where it's like, oh, he missed it in the eighth minute. It's okay. Like, we're going to go get it again. But in this game, you really don't know if you will get another chance. And they ended up not being able to make too many more. And that one Manchester City goal ended up being enough. That's right. Um, That goal came in the second half. Uh, City's first half wasn't great. Where Leicester's, that was really their their opportunity mm-hmm. and they could not find the back in that their second half with Leicester something about their front line um, they just couldn't really keep the ball that well couldn't really pass in the final third well if you remember they normally play a four one four one right they went three at the back they this time. they added someone at the back and sacrificed someone in the midfield so they did a pretty good job of not letting City score oh, man. but. It really was that the move took some motion out of their of what they're able to do going forward. So was that the move? Uh, not in this scenario because they weren't able to take advantage of the chances they did create. 
That's true. It would be the move if you scored. Exactly. Their plan did work in the first half. They got those chances they were looking for. It just didn't happen. Yeah, Gabriel Jesus comes on, and um, Pretty much Lester just shut off one, for a second. Uh, Mares made a good run. Um, I believe he made some of the center backs um, and defensive midfielders really commit to him, which left the space open for Jesus to just um, just tuck one away. Nothing too flashy. Just got the job done. Wasn't really great to see. Um, but I will give credit to where credit is due. Though he, though he doesn't often make the headlines, I do think Mahrez was probably the most dangerous player on that pitch. Anytime he got the ball, especially just outside the box where he likes it, I was kind of holding my breath. Right, and uh, that that stung a little bit since uh, he had won the league with Leicester in that miraculous season a few years back, and now he's playing for City, whereas Vardy stayed. But Mahrez's team prevailed this time. Uh, taking a look around the rest of the league, uh, we had a result... Um, that you'd pretty much expect at this point. Wolves, 3 mil over Norwich. Big story there is Jota has five goals in two games. Jesus. Pretty crazy. He's just on fire. Uh, Man United over Watford, 3 mil. Incredible goal from Anthony Martial as well as Mason Greenwood. Typical United. They come out to play the shit teams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep, there's classic United. And then... For for the last two matches of the weekend, uh, we have our our clubs and both games finished three to two with our teams prevailing, and both games That's were just right. absolutely gut wrenching for my well, start why to don't, finish. Why don't you, you why don't you take two minutes to sum up your game, and I'll take two minutes to sum up my game. All right, so uh, so this weekend, Ricky and I headed out to the Arsenal pub in Durham Shut once up. more. Um, we had a blast, uh, this time we got there a little bit earlier so we could really settle in, but funny enough, the match starts and I'm not really settled into it yet. And before I know it, one minute in Arsenal had given up a set piece and then Everton clumsily scored on that set piece. Well, actually not so clumsy. It was a crazy accurate scissor bicycle kick, whatever you want to call it. And it could have been a high boot, but he got the ball, so it wasn't. And, well, you know, we're down one mil, but we could see the attitude shift that has happened at Arsenal since Arteta took over. Um, and they responded back quickly in the first half, scoring two goals to go ahead 2-1. to one. Um, And that was just amazing. Every time Arsenal scored, the whole place would just, like, explode, and everyone was so happy and it really does feel like even in, on the supporter level there's been a mentality shift since earlier in this season um Aubameyang scored twice and Nketiah got his first goal from a beautiful cross in from Saka um that all the goals were just mwah, I love them and then Aubameyang's final goal actually came in the first minute of the second half which ended up being enough because Everton scored a clumsy goal at the end of the first half. So that game ended 3-2, and it was awesome. Awesome, indeed. Um, 
I I I love that pub. I, anyways, I don't want to speak too highly. <laughs> um, nail biter for you, kind of a nail biter for me. I was behind the couch, and this is why. Liverpool played beautifully. They started beautifully on the front foot, scored uh, what within ten minutes uh, with a Alexander Arnold cross on my star fullback. Versus his star fullback. Ginny Wijnaldum header into the uh, far corner. It seemed like it was going to be a typical game versus West Ham, but no. They scored off of their next set piece, which is a corner. T- they tucked it away near post. Allison had no idea where that ball was coming from. And then from then on, it was, uh, again, just a lot of Liverpool. And um, maybe they were a little upset not to... Uh, not to get anything in the back of the net. Uh, and the second half was much of the same. Um, but what really lit a fire underneath their butts was West Ham tucking another one away from a cross. And not only were West Ham leading Liverpool, but Liverpool was trailing at Anfield. You don't see that happen much. And I have to admit, there's a thing in the pit of my stomach that started to churn a little bit because a few days ago I said, oh, we're playing West Ham? That'll be easy. And Jacob said, just watch. You just jinxed yourself. And I didn't tell him at the time, but for the next few days I was really considering, like, did I really just ruin the whole season right there? But Liverpool, they were fighting, man. And Anfield, Anfield was right behind them. Uh, and what, like, they got five corners in a row. Um, they are just, sh- everyone had their shooting boots on, and finally Robertson, a uh, little cut back to Salah, who hit it, not cleanly, but hard enough, through the keeper's legs around the 68th minute. Um, bit heartbreaking for him, but that's just the magic of the cop. Uh, just, just, just somehow pulling, like, gravity, the ball into the back of the net, whichever way. And then it just took another 12 minutes after that. Um, deflected shot, <laughs> bounced to Arnold, pulled the keeper out, and he just chipped it around the keeper to the path of Mane, open uh, open goal, and things were back to normal. Bit of a nail-biter at the end as well, where uh, West Ham had a corner and a free kick, but nonetheless, Liverpool prevail at Anfield. They are tied with the longest winning streak in Premier League history. They are tied with City's streak of last year. They are on track. Well, I'm just going to leave it there. I do not want to (laughs) jinx anything else. And with that said, Jacob, I believe you and I have some Champions League football to watch. Oh, yes, we do. And it's going to be a match day full of excitement. No doubt about that. Absolutely. And as soon as this uh, Champions League week and Europa League is over, you're damn sure we're going to talk about the results and see whose predictions are the most accurate. Until next time, I'm Ricky. And I'm Jacob. And this is Down Down the the wing. Wing.